0: the Titans the Mount Rushmore of players we all know the names of Tom Brady Peyton Manning Aaron Rodgers then there are the Giants hoping to join this group Patrick Mahomes Josh Allen Lamar Jackson nonetheless you can't forget about these new guys hoping to dethrone everything those that came before them created and blaze their own trail into NFL history Joe Burrow Justin Herbert Mac Jones men that won't let you forget who they are and if you do They'll be more than happy to remind you. This is the show where we will talk about all those legacies and so much more. We will follow these storylines from the beginning of the season all the way to the climax of the Super Bowl. We will see Giants fall and watch new men who you never expected to take over stand tall. Through adversity and victory, the NFL has it all. We will cover every minute of it here. No buts about it. Hello from a common room in Ohio. This is No Butts About It, and I'm your host, Josh Butts. Uh, Coming into Friday and Thursday, because Wednesday's show was on Thursday last week, we did not have a lot of sports news. And then it just kind of seemed like on uh, Friday after that show and then Saturday, a lot of the news kind of kicked up. And we so we have some of that to talk about, but we also have a big trade that occurred on uh, Monday, which today, it occurred today between the Eagles and the Saints. So if you're a fan of the Eagles and the Saints, make sure you stick around because we're going to be talking about that near the end of the show. But first, we're going to talk about the big trade that happened on Saturday, which was the... Devontae Parker trade so Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker was traded to the New England Patriots and that means that the New England Patriots now have a receiver I'd consider a veteran receiver uh, because the Patriots have a pretty young team of wide receivers with Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers I believe they're both 2019 draft picks so a uh, very very young class this they'll be going into their fourth year so to have that veteran uh locker room voice will definitely be helpful Devonte parker isn't necessarily the most athletic at his position he's not considered to be an elite wide receiver that's not to say that he isn't good though um the Patriots also were willing to give up a third-round pick for him. And uh, they received a fifth in recompense for that. But as far as Devontae Parker goes, like I said, I think he's a good veteran voice in the locker room. And he'll provide something for these younger guys who are a bit better. So uh, just to give you an idea based on some PFF scores for the uh Patriots wide receivers compared to Devontae Parker Kendrick Bourne had a 77.8 overall offensive uh, PFF score his receiving was 77.2 and his run block was 43.5 Jacoby Myers had a uh, 74.7 overall offensive PFF score his receiving 74.6 And his uh, run block was 56.9. And I'm saying the run block because I think that's important to helping uh, create a diverse team, two-dimensional team, when you're able to have receivers that are both dominant in the passing game but also during the run game, especially a team like the Patriots, which likes to run a turnstile type of offense in the backfield they usually have two or three running backs that they circle cycle throughout the game and uh, we saw that most specifically during the Patriots-Bills game the first one last season when it was too windy to really pass the ball Mac Jones only threw three times that whole game but the run game was there and they were able to beat the Bills because of it okay now we're at Devonte Parker. He is a 72.8 offensive uh, pass, so he's a little bit bl- below both Kendrick Bourne and Jacoby Myers. His receiving is a 73.2, and his run blocks at 52. So he's better at the run block than Kendrick Bourne is, um, and he is, but he's still below when it comes to receiving. It should be noted, though, that. Devonte Parker only played nine games last season, which is another critique people have of him. He is slightly injury-prone, so we'll have to see if uh, not having as big of a workload as he did in uh, Miami, we'll see if this will help him kind of ease back on the injuries. Maybe he'll make it through a full season, and we'll see how dominant he really can be. That Now, Nikhil Harry, 687 He actually had an 84.7 run block and a 64.1 receiving. So offensively, he is worse than, uh, Parker, but that run block might make up for it. Nelson Aguilar had a 64.8. He's the worst, uh, receiver scored by PFF on the Patriots with a 63.6 receiving and a 65.2 run block. Uh, a lot of people are thinking that Nikhil Harry is going to be out of there though. Uh, I could see them dropping either Aguilar or Nikhil Harry if they do end up keeping Nikhil Harry I think that it's only going to be because of his run block uh I mean Nelson Aguilar played 15 games and had less yards than uh Devontae Parker did last season uh, through only nine games so that's something that I think that they will look at and uh, decide who to cut because I think ultimately they're going to want to cut someone. They're obviously not going to have five starting wide receivers. So moving on, we're going to go back to last week. Like I said in one of the shows last week, the GMs and coaches and all the higher-ups in the NFL were meeting together down in Florida talking about uh, the rules and different things for this season. That's why we got the overtime rule change. Um, that we talked about last week that I'm excited to see how that pans out in the postseason. But apparently Pete Carroll took the stand and he gave his talk for about 10 minutes and he was talking about uh, the new rule change where the women are included in the Rooney Rule, which basically means that uh, owners have to interview women as well for positions. They're required to interview at least one woman as long along with one minority, which it is it's always been. Uh, they also the NFL also announced that all 32 teams must hire a minority offensive assistant coach for the twenty twenty two season. So uh, that w- that's gonna result in a lot of hirings. Hopefully that means that We're getting minorities, though, who are actually, like, qualified for the job, and we're not just getting people who are being hired to fulfill a rule obligation because, obviously, that's not helpful to anyone. Uh, Pete Carroll apparently just, like, went off on a bunch of the owners, not in an angry way, but just that, like, he was trying to hold them to be better, and the owners didn't take too well to that. He was saying that they... Uh, weren't going to be able to be successful with the Rooney rule until the owners stop trying to hire people that, uh, look like them. That, that's according to Adam Schefter. Um, and so this is kind of a sensitive topic, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, uh, cause I want this to be a more relaxed, less politicized show, but I do want to say I have, uh, done some homeless ministry in Pittsburgh while I've been here at school and actually, last week when we went down there, we met a guy named Richard. Who's Richard's been there a couple times. And the story I'm going to share isn't from this last time, but it's from the time before. And he always talked about how, growing up, he never uh, learned about anyone that looked like him. And he's a black, older man, uh, older African-American man. And uh, so this was back before like Martin Luther King and his... Uh, Many civil rights movements went on But uh, he said the only people he learned about Were George Washington Carver And Booker T. Washington Which I thought was interesting Considering I learned about a lot more people Being younger than he obviously did But he carries around this collage Of all these uh, African American men Who did stuff And that way he can remind himself That he is something I I, I think that's a neat perspective to look at But something he said that was beautiful was he said that he enjoys coming down to see us because we don't treat him different based on his race? And I remember one of the girls said, "Yeah, I'm sorry that racism is an issue." And he said, "Yeah, I've dealt with racists my whole life, but something that I didn't get used to dealing with, and it kind of annoys me, is the people who try to who treat me different." in the sort of like in a sort of babying manner like they feel sorry for me for being black he said that there are people now that come to him and they're like we're sorry for you we're sorry that we're white we're sorry that you're black and he said that that doesn't help anything i I think this is really beautiful he said seeing race and being sorry that you're white and sorry that i'm black and that you can't see my perspective because we're different races doesn't help each other conversation and sharing each other's experience helps each other and he said that's why he loved coming down to see us and i'm not saying he came down to see me there's a large group of students and this is what he just happened to say he said we need more conversation between people who are different but that don't feel sorry for each other because they're different or don't try to prevent people from different walks of life. So, I mean, that can apply to anything really, but that he, he was almost more annoyed with the people who said that they were sorry for who they were so that they could diminish themselves to be like him. And he said in its way, in his own way, that was racist. So, I want to encourage you to just kind of look at people for being people, not for any other external qualities they might have. Like talk to a person as a person, not as a, not as they're just a man or a woman or a a black man or a white man or I mean, whatever, whatever differential you want to make. Just talk to people because they're people. Just be respectful of them, not because you don't need to lower yourself down and in this way that's self-diminishing to who you are as a person just because someone else is different from you in a physical way. Um, So like I said, don't want to spend a lot of time on that, but I thought that I would share that story a bit because I think it was beautiful and I didn't really capture it in the way that it should be i didn't do it justice but uh hopefully that speaks to you and you kind of are able to understand that dan snyder (laughs) completely different side of the coin now uh so washington football team oh they're the washington commanders now that's right washington commanders led by commander carson we uh that found out that Dan Snyder was into some trouble. There's a lot of allegations with some stuff. So I'm not going to go into the allegations because they're allegations. And uh, I don't want to say something is true on this show and it not be true. And then I get in trouble or I spread misinformation. Don't want to spread misinformation. What I will say is the Washington Redskins football team and commanders have all had the worst trouble for a football organization that I think that I have seen in my lifetime where I have been paying attention to sports media. Maybe it's just something I'm missing. And I'm not quick to say this because obviously as a fan, it can be very quick to leap to ridiculous claims. But it's getting to the point where I honestly believe that I could form a team that would run the Washington, the team in Washington better than Dan Snyder. First of all, the stadium is literally falling apart. Like, not figuratively, the stadium is falling apart. Uh, so, you re- probably recall if you were watching football last season that the guardrails. That one of the fans were leaning on his uh, Philadelphia Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts was leaving the field. Some fans were leaning over it to try and get a high five from Jalen Hurts, which is completely normal. I mean that happens at every game. And Jalen Hurts reached up to give him a high five, and the guy fell over like the the guardrail like just broke away and almost landed on Jalen Hurts and a few other players. Um. And Jalen Hurts ended up writing a letter to the uh, Washington organization because he's like, this is a problem. Why do I have to speak up as a divisional rival and tell you that this is an issue? Second, secondly, in uh, tw- 2021, uh, in September of 2021, so earlier in the season, Uh, Raw sewage was leaking from the sewage system of the stadium onto the fans at the stadium. So the infrastructure at the stadium is so bad that fans are getting hurt. Players are potentially getting hurt. And literal raw sewage is leaking out onto the fans while they're watching the game. Um, That's... of course, I mean the Washington football team denied it, and they said that it was just rain, stagnant rainwater. But uh, the fans seemed pretty certain of what it was in the video. I mean, there's videos of it. You can look it up on. And fans who were there, fans who recorded it, pretty certain of what it was. So I mean. You can tell the difference between rainwater and sewage, but of course the team isn't going to say that's what it was. I mean, that'd be horrible for them at least. But, I mean, it's 100% sure that the guardrail is falling apart at the stadium. And they're like, they they fixed it, right? Well, if you look at the way they fixed it, at least temporarily, when they first fixed it, It looked like the guardrail had just been fixed with some zip ties. Like, so... I don't know why they think that they need to cut corners as a football organization when it's coming to things like protecting fans, protecting players, because that's extremely dangerous, let alone the other slew of issues that the Washington redskins football team commanders have had um rg3 is even saying that he robert griffin uh the third is saying that he is going to come out with a book and that's gonna even dump even more stuff onto the washington redskins football team commanders because yeah he had issues when he was there alex smith said that the team hasn't been run right in 20 years when he was on with the he only played when they're the command uh football team. But, uh, honestly, like the way, at least the media is talking about it and what I see from an outsider's perspective. And I mean, p- current players may have a completely different view on this. I have no idea, but what is coming out, what I'm reading, it appears that Dan Snyder is not capable of running that football team. And that the only thing that is keeping that team together in any sense is is Ron Rivera is the head coach because Ron Rivera is a great head coach he knows football well but they're not bringing in players and they're kind of just in this stagnant like we don't really know if we're sure we want to spend money players don't want to come there because they don't want to come to a stadium play in a stadium that's falling apart when just down the road there's high school players playing in better stadiums Better infrastructure. They're not falling apart. I mean, obviously, they're probably not as big, but at least they're not falling apart. The fans are safe. The players are safe. And everyone's happy. Everyone's able to enjoy the game without having to fear sewage water or the bleachers breaking, basically. So, I mean, Dan Snyder, I think he might be on his way out. He's very close to it, if so. Or the Washington Redskin football team commanders need to come up with something. And uh, finally, that blockbuster trade we talked about with the Eagles and the Saints. Um, Eagles picked up a number, uh, or another first-round pick. They were already drafting 15th in the league. Now they're also drafting 18th and 101-237 and got a 2023 first-round pick and a 2024 second-round pick. The Saints received a 16th round or a 16th overall pick, 19th overall pick, and the 194th overall pick. So to me, this sounds like the Eagles are using what they got out of the Carson Wentz trade with the Colts, and they're using it to help rebuild their team. I highly doubt that the team will use it to draft a quarterback. Uh, The Eagles, I should say. I doubt they will draft a quarterback because Jalen Hurts is manageable, at least for the time being, still on a rookie contract, so they don't have to pay him a lot. Uh, The other deal is they need wide receivers. They've got Devontae Smith, but Jalen Rieger, like we said before, just isn't a good receiver. Henry Ruggs sat in a jail cell for most of last season and still finished with more yards than Jalen Rieger did he just drops too many passes can he get better yes but he hasn't shown promise so far so unless he has an insane rejuvenation of a season I do not see him recovering and being a trustable receiver for Jalen Hurts and the Eagles the Saints on the other hand just recovered they recovered and brought back Jameis Winston and sorry, I had to do a stop cut there because someone called me on the phone, so I'm just restarting the sentence. But they recovered Jameis Winston, and he'll be their starting quarterback, quarterback presumably this season. However, with that 16th uh, overall pick and having that 19th pick later, the Saints are kind of in prime position to pick up a quarterback and a wide receiver or maybe something else that they feel like they need they do they will get michael thomas back who they didn't have last year so that's important to remember uh but he is coming off a pretty bad injury so i don't know if he'll be at the same level no one really does we'll just have to see there but i mean that 16th overall pick is pretty close to where they're predicting uh Kenny Pickett to go. Uh, Some drafts have him going as late as the 21st with the Steelers. So uh, Saints may snipe him with that 16th pick. They also got that 19th pick. So even if he does fall another few picks, they'd still be in prime position to pick him up. Even if Kenny Pickett's gone, uh, Ole Miss quarterback Matt Corral, or coral I'm not 100% sure how to pronounce his last name, he'll still be available most likely. So they would be able to get a quarterback if they don't necessarily want to uh, invest in Jameis Winston long-term or they don't feel like he's the answer. So that'll be interesting to see how the Saints use these picks that they uh, got. Obviously, two early picks and then a very late pick with the 194th, 194th pick coming from this trade. It's going to be very helpful. And then the Eagles have that uh, two first-round picks for the next two years. So that's definitely prime position for if you need to trade. You can easily trade away a first-round pick and still have one, or you can draft really well if you feel confident in the guys that you've scouted, and you can maybe take a chance later on with that later first-round pick. Ideally, you would hit on both picks. Not always possible, but it, it could happen and the eagles would be set absolutely perfectly for a rebuild and plus the in 2024 they will have two second round picks i believe um pending any trades that happened that i'm not remembering but that is a pretty big deal and i think that this is a really good trade for the eagles and potentially for the saints depending how they use those two first round picks that they got um They're now able to draft in the first round. So maybe they'll go for a quarterback, maybe not. Maybe they feel like they need something a little bit more. Especially with Alvin Kamara getting arrested, maybe they'll use one of those picks on a running back. Alvin Kamara, I think, could still technically play because I don't think he's been convicted. And so if his trial ends before the season officially starts, um, as far as needing your rosters to be set... I think that he would still be able to play, and I'm sure that the Saints would welcome him back as long as it wasn't going to bring them too much bad publicity or too many issues. Uh, So that's all that I have for you today as far as sports news goes. Sorry, that was a little uh, jagged at times. I had like five people walk in to talk to me in the room I'm recording in, even though I put a post-it note on that everyone just apparently ignored. But, um, so... Uh, if you like the show, share it with a friend. Like I always say, give me feedback as long as it's nice. Don't be too mean to me. Uh, Instagram is no butts underscore show. No under no B U T T S underscore show. That is the Instagram. Uh, I don't think we have any new followers up on the map, so I'll make sure to double ch- ch- double check that right now so that I don't leave anyone out. Uh, any new states or countries? I, I'm unless someone just listened while I was recording this. I'm like 99% sure that everyone's the same, which is great, which me because that means we have loyal uh, listeners. Let's see by location. We Europe's a hot spot. Uh, it's still that Brussels uh, listener, but it appears that they listen a lot. So thank you, Brussels listener uh kansas is another hot spot just outside of wichita on a lake um beautiful lakeside viewer and indianapolis uh, hopefully (laughs) maybe that's pat mcafee i don't know maybe he'll be jealous of the show fort wayne and uh, Steubenville, where I go to school. So those must be the people that I go to school with. Thank you, everyone who listens regularly. Please continue to tune in. Like I said, the more viewers I get, the more sponsorship opportunities are possible and better content I can bring you guys. So uh, that all being said, thank you, and that's going to be the end of our show. Have a good night.